It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the podcast. We have plenty to talk about ahead on today's show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. BYU falls in disappointing fashion in basketball at Santa Clara. What in the world went wrong in the final minute of that game? We'll try and explain. We'll also talk a little bit about what we took away from Tom Homo's annual media roundtable. Speaking with the local media yesterday, some of the highlights from that will also be played on today's show, as well as a look at everything else going on in BYU sports, both last night as well as the weekend ahead. We have got plenty, plenty to cover ahead on today's show, so let's waste no more time and get right to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 28th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for taking some time to join us, and we got a lot to get to ahead on today's show. A quick reminder, though, if you have not done so already, please make sure you leave us a rating and review, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. They are critical to our continued success in building the audience here on Locked On Cougars. But absolutely love when you guys uh, interact with the show. And those ratings and reviews, those interactions just make it so much easier for other BYU fans to find this podcast and our podcast in turn find BYU fans. Don't try and have me explain the science behind it, the algorithms, because I frankly, I don't understand them. I just know it works. So... Please do that if you have not done so already. But now let's actually get to the news at hand. And folks, I don't want to come off too strong on this, but what in the hell, BYU basketball? Is that strong enough? What a pathetic, pathetic final minute in Santa Clara last night. And BYU somehow, someway collapses and loses a game that they had no business losing. I... Frankly, I'm sitting here, I'm as stunned as anybody just thinking about what happened in that game. And I'm recording this podcast, it's technically the Friday edition of the show, I'm recording this minutes after that game went final. I just don't understand what I just watched. It, it, it baffles me. It baffles me what just happened for the Cougars. Now, let's break down the final minute essentially as best I can. I'm trying to do this off... Uh, quick turnaround, but BYU uh, got up by four. They allow Santa Clara uh, on an inbounds pass, which they don't guard. The guy screens for the three-point shooter to get out to the corner. BYU just fell asleep. They, they did not pay attention. I don't know how to describe it. They just You watch that game, you know what I'm talking about. They don't go out, cover that. Guy hits the three. It's a set shot. Money in the bank. Hits the three. BYU is up by one at that point. Then BYU has a hard time inbounding the ball. They get it inbounded. Uh, just... <laughs> The foul call, I cannot believe that Sean Farnham and whoever else was calling the game last night from ESPN thought there was even a foul on Spencer Johnson in that circumstance. Spencer Johnson gets the foul called uh, against, uh, so he gets called 
the guy who was guarding him and pushed him over got called for the foul. I'm not doing a very good job at describing this, and I apologize, but I'm just all sorts of flustered having watched that debacle unfold. But Spencer Johnson goes to the free throw line and just essentially like has a rocket come off of his arm, It's a, and he knows he has missed it. He knows he just unleashed a rocket, tries to go and collect his own rebound, commits a lane violation, <laughs> gives the ball back to Santa Clara. <laughs> Oh my gosh, folks. The, the the ineptitude it took for BYU to lose that game last night, astounding. But alas, it is a loss. And that is one that, it's one of those baffling losses, the BYU, in the latter half of the Dave Rose era of BYU, as the, as the WCC era of Dave Rose went on, it seemed like they had games like this where they collectively lost their heads and could not execute down the stretch, and they lost baffling games. That is a baffling loss. BYU had Spencer Johnson made the front end of that free throw. BYU is at least up two, if not three points, and they're probably pulling out a victory in this game. He misses the free throw, commits the lane violation to compound the issue. Oh, and then BYU's defense on the inbound, they allow Santa Clara to go right to the rim. Uh, Jamison Williams, Jalen Williams, excuse me, Jamison, Jalen Williams goes right to the rim, hoists up a shot with literally no opposition, it felt like. They had T.J. Lucas, who was at a severe size disadvantage, guarding him on this play, the final play of the game. Jalen Williams goes down. He's six foot six. He's the leading scorer in the West Coast Conference, folks. He goes right down the court, gets a great look at the rim. It bounces off the rim twice and settles into the rim with 0.7 seconds to go. The clock runs out. It's a buzzer beater, and Santa Clara goes home happy. I cannot believe what just happened for BYU. I, I oh my gosh, that. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm shaking my head. You probably can hear my headset rattling. It's just, you cannot, you cannot have what happened in the final minute of that game happen. That was an absolutely pathetic, pathetic display of ineptitude from the BYU men's basketball program. Okay, now that I have gotten that off my chest, let's also acknowledge that this is essentially a one-off for BYU. Let's also be clear about that. BYU is still very much on the right side of making the NCAA tournament field. This is not a game that is going to say BYU is no longer making the NCAA tournament. They are firmly right now in the NCAA tournament bracket. That is very, very clear. But you cannot afford to have one or two more of these this season in West Coast Conference play because then things get quite dicey, in my opinion, for BYU basketball. So we can acknowledge that, yes, that was an absolute pathetic display of late-game execution that I felt like any high schooler probably could have executed better than BYU as a team did down the stretch there. But at the same time, it's not a season-defining loss yet. Did I balance that? Okay, I hope I did. But regardless, you don't want to lose games in that fashion, and it's just, it's not fun. But BYU has a chance to get right back on the court tomorrow. They'll be taking on Pacific in Stockton, and they make the trip over to Stockton now. And the Pacific Tigers are a team that BYU, they got a good test from Pacific in Provo. They ended up pulling away in the second half with a big second half, winning 73-51. to So this is a game BYU is expected to win. They are expected to win last night against Santa Clara. So I know I'm talking on both sides of my mouth, but Pacific does not have a 
Jalen Williams. Let's be very clear about that. Luke Advilovich is the leading uh, scorer for Pacific, averaging 11.6 points per game. Alfonso Anderson, who I thought had a pretty decent outing against BYU, if I recall correctly, he is at 10.9 points per game. And then Jeremiah Bailey, who I actually think might be Pacific's best player, the most versatile player, a big man forward who can shoot the three. He was a he was a, actually a tough matchup for BYU in that first game. He averages 9.3 points per game. So this Pacific team might be ripe for BYU to get right back into the win column, but I just, man, that was a baffling, baffling display of ineptitude from BYU and Santa Clara. Like I said, I don't want to come off as too strong on that. I I get these are young men, and they're not making money. I've... I've adopted a thing that Patrick Kinahan, who I work with, has said. He's like, college players, they're not being paid by and large like pros are. Pros, that is their job. They are open to criticism more readily and should be open to more criticism readily than college players. So I don't want to come down too hard on any individual guy or BYU as a team, but it's still... I don't know. I, I just feel like that was a game that there were so many different things that needed to go wrong for BYU to lose against Santa Clara, and literally every single one of them went wrong. That's the thing. Every single inbound issues, couldn't uh, get the ball inbounded. You have trouble breaking their press. You have an inability to guard players when they're going right to the rim. You can't make a one-on-one free throw when you need to make it down the stretch. You don't guard the inbound on that three-point. There is just every single thing that you possibly could have done wrong in the final minute of that game to essentially, as one of our my listeners on social media last night, I hope he's a listener, I don't know, maybe he's not, but as he said on social media, so Luke, uh, oh, no, maybe it's not Luke there. Let's see, where is it at here? I apologize. I probably should have this pulled up. Oh, there we go. Mark Scott. Mark Scott, 35. BYU snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. That's exactly what BYU did. But the opportunity is for them to get right back on the court tomorrow against Santa Clara. 7.30 p.m. tip-off. Cougars will be right back at it. And... I'm thinking the way that BYU lost this game, they're going to get film and just want to just sink into their seats because the coaches are just going to be like, you see that? You see that? It's just they're they're not going to enjoy film review. And that is get, hopefully, and I, I hope this is what happens, it fires up the team and they go out there and make an, uh, just make an absolute turnaround performance against Pacific. Take your frustrations from that loss against Santa Clara and take it out on the Tigers. That's what I would hope would happen. I hope that they do not have this become a compounding issue. Because as I said, you lose one or two more of these quote-unquote lower-level games in the West Coast Conference, that is where the NCAA net rating comes into effect and can really affect your possibility of making the NCAA tournament field. So, we can write this off as a one-off right now. We can write that off right now. Was it a sucky way to lose a game? Yes, but it is still a one-off at the current time. You You have it happen a couple more times, then we've got an issue. I live by an adage, once is a mistake, twice is a problem. That's exactly what we're looking at with BYU basketball right now. So they will have an opportunity to get back into the win column tomorrow night against Pacific. We'll do a postcast edition after tomorrow night's game, and I sincerely hope I am not coming on and talking about another ineptitude, an inept display of just basketball I don't know what how to describe it. Just the ineptitude. Inept is the word of the night, apparently. Ineptitude is what we're going with 
on today's podcast because that was inept for BYU to lose that game. All right. We will get on to more positive things. BYU in the Big 12? Yes, let's talk about that next. Tom Homo spoke to the media yesterday, had some very interesting comments about what's going on as BYU gets ready to enter the new conference home beginning next year. We'll let you hear from him here in just a moment. And then coming up later on in today's show, we'll talk about what happened last night, men's volleyball and women's basketball in action, and also looking at the weekend ahead in BYU sports. Also some Jackson Dart news out there that we need to hit on as well. So we got plenty to get to. We'll get to all of it here in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at GetUpside. My friends, this is an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. Once again, it's called the GetUpside app. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up. That is cash back. Don't pay full price to the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 per gallon gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a year in cash back. And there's no catch, my friends. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Once again, that's promo code SCORE with the free GetUpside app. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Folks, it is Super Week. It's brought to you by our friends at Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On NFL will have hosts in L.A. all week covering the big game, so make sure you guys check that out wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time now to let you guys hear a little bit from what Tom Homo had to say to the media yesterday. Some very interesting comments, I thought, from BYU's athletic director. He meets with the media. It's usually semi-annually. Usually he does it twice a year. Uh, The last couple of years, just due to the COVID-19 pandemic, pandemic. It's been more of a once a year thing, but I expect as things start to get back to, I guess, quote unquote normal, we'll start to see uh, more of these opportunities where he'll be speaking with the media. But I thought some very interesting comments came out of Tom, and I felt like the biggest thing is that the entrance into the Big 12, there's a lot of work already being done. There's a lot of work that's already been done, and there's a lot of work still to be done. Wow, that sounds really nebulous, Jake, but I, I, I get what you're thinking. But the thing is, BYU has never been in this position. They can look at other programs, most notably the University of Utah, and their transition to the Pac-12 a decade ago at this point, and use that as a little bit of a framework for what they are going to be facing as they enter the Big 12. But there's also a lot of new things that BYU is going to have to experience for the first time. And I think Tom Homo is fully aware of that. And he may be aware of it, but he cannot necessarily anticipate everything thing as well. That, that's the thing about this whole situation is that BYU will have to navigate some stuff that they've never had to navigate before and they probably haven't necessarily anticipated having to navigate. I think this is a very, very intriguing process as they get ready for Big 12 membership beginning in 2023. Expected to join next summer. So it'll be uh, July 1 of 2023. I think is the expected start date for BYU. Essentially they will uh, start the women's soccer season, uh, football season, 
season and women's volleyball season, those will be the first three sports along with the cross-country programs, I would imagine, that will start uh, Big 12 membership for BYU in earnest and very much looking forward to it. But now to get to what Tom Homo actually had to say and let you guys hear from BYU's athletic director, I thought one of the big things from this uh, media session, it was over 45 minutes long. So I'm going to have content. I'm going to be pulling from this, I feel like, for months to come. So just a heads up on that. But I thought one of the things that was interesting about Big 12 and what BYU is going to be facing as they enter the conference is with regards to having to match up with Big 12 teams. These are long-time Power 5 programs who've got rich traditions, legacies. They obviously have had ups and downs in their various programs. Your Kansas football, you've been dog crap for a while. But regardless, they are still Power 5 programs with deeper pockets, uh, longer histories at the Power 5 level than BYU has. And Tom Homo, he's keenly aware of the matchups BYU is going into and how they will have to overcome some of those issues. And so if you talk about matchups, a lot of it would come down to recruiting. You know, are we going to be able to match up with talent? I think there's some other aspects of matchups would be, like, how are our facilities? Uh, are we going to be able to provide great training opportunities? I think you could look at nutrition and sports science is a new thing. So we're just trying to look at all of the things that will put our student athletes in the best position. It's not like I think we're deficient. We just need to know the areas that we can upscale. I'm a big fan of self-awareness and understanding where you are deficient. And in some cases, you have to have things exposed to tell you where you are deficient. I think that's what Tom Homo is trying to say as part of that is, yes, recruiting is something we absolutely, speaking, him speaking generally of BYU, we being the Cougars, they are going to have to upgrade their talent base across all of their programs. They understand it. There are programs in BYU's athletic department that are going to walk into the Big 12 and compete right away, I feel like. Football, they'll be competitive but they don't have the necessarily necessarily depth to, I think, hang with the top tier. And that's the hope is BYU can get into where they're competing with the top tier. And it's going to take some time to upgrade that talent base. But Tom Homo said it. He said, we just need to know where we are essentially deficient. That way, as he said, we can upscale and match those deficiencies or at least upgrade those deficiencies. So I think the overall message is that BYU, they know what they're up against, at least they're, what they're anticipating being up against. And the hope is that they can counter some of that, but also at the same time, there's going to be a process of getting to a level where they can compete week in and week out. Now, other things from Tom Homo's media summit, I actually really like the fact that he talked about uh, budgets for BYU. Obviously, they will have a bigger budget than they've ever had. They will have more money coming in than they've, than they've ever had as members of the Big 12. But according to Tom Homo, do not expect them to be the next University of Texas at Austin. Let's just put it that way. Here you go. We're not going to try to jump up and create some budget based on where the rank would be. It gives you kind of an indication of what their budget might be. And you can get it. It's all public information. But it's interesting to look at Oklahoma and Texas. And it's interesting to look at BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and... Houston, excuse me, where, and then look at the, the members that will be staying. I think all of those numbers are important. I like looking, where, like right now, if you were to just take football, we're spending a lot of time on football and the, the actual organization of the football program. Uh, coach, coaching changes, that doesn't change, but there's maybe support staff. And you can look at anybody 
along in any of those groups or teams that I mentioned, and you'll see different titles, but you won't know really what the job description is, and you'll see different numbers. And that's where I'm saying that's kind of the the strategy is that's kind of a matchup too. Are we going to be able to match Oklahoma or Kansas? If you look at Kansas basketball operation, are we? Do, are we, do we think we're going to just go right to the top? Where do we go? Well, I'm talking about in terms of uh, structure. Right. And the answer is no. That's where we have to be smart enough and strategic enough to try to get to the point where we feel we're best to start. And then we may overshoot or be way under. But you want to be as close to where you think is right for BYU. And that's what we're doing right now, Patrick. Budget is going to be a big deal for BYU. We all know that. And I think BYU understands that. Tom Homo is keenly aware of it. I'm sure there have been some very frank conversations about the lack of resources previous being given to BYU athletics that are obviously going to need to be able to open the coffers a little bit more. And we've said this often. BYU has to eat what they kill. They're going to be making more money as an athletic department than they ever had before. And if the university is going to put handcuffs on them in that regard, guess what? get out of the way. They need to be able to use whatever funds they generate for themselves and they'll be making more than they've ever made before. Use that to your advantage. Go upgrade whatever you can. Now, don't expect it to necessarily be upgrades to the facilities, at least in the near-term future. Tom Homo addressed that very topic and here's what he had to say about facility upgrades. We're two years away. Uh, You could probably build a building between now and two years, but you probably uh, you probably wouldn't be as good as you'd want. I think right now where we're at with facilities is trying to look at uh, a kind of a master plan and where we could be five or ten years from now. That's how far out you'd have to go in order to build some things that would be right. You're, but you could say, like, nutrition, that's not necessarily a facility where you're building a new facility, but you could be upgrading your existing facilities. So I think there's a range from adjustments and maybe edits to new, new structures. So don't expect to see the Smithfield house being rebuilt tomorrow. Don't expect to see upgrades at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, at least I guess in terms of an over- overhaul of the stadium or the Marriott. You know what I'm talking about. That's not going to be happening before BYU joins the Big 12, but I do like the fact that they are looking more long-range. Five and ten-year plans, and probably even longer than that, 20 and 25-year plans. In this industry, you kind of have to have that. You have to say, okay, X number of years out, what is the lifespan of this facility? What, what are we looking at? The Smithfield house in particular in my mind, they need to do something with it. It is one of the oldest buildings on campus, literally. It is just, and it's it's been a great facility, but it is very much showing its age. They need to consider upgrades in that regard, and we'll find out. Now, upgrades in terms of the schedule for BYU football, that's obviously a thing people are paying attention to. Uh, One thing I found interesting in all of this is that Tom Homo at least said uh, for the relatively near-term future, I would venture to say maybe the next 10 years, BYU has a bevy of games they have had scheduled as an independent that he apparently uh, says will be filling up BYU's non-conference schedule for the foreseeable future. Here's what he had to say in that regard. You're not going to see any new teams coming in in the next couple of years that aren't already on the schedule as non-conference teams. It's a matter of elimination, not addition. In years to come, we'll be able to possibly add. And so you, I won't have to address this question for you know, a number of years. Didn't you just add Nevada? Just, 
Nevada was on, you know, the, the Nevada announced that, so I'm not breaking the news. Nevada was on the schedule. We just didn't, we hadn't announced it. I'm all for BYU getting with the teams they've had these games in independence scheduled with and saying, okay, here's the thing. We're going to only be able to schedule three, maybe four of you annually. Are you willing to push off this series down the road and we can fit you in here, X, Y, and Z dates? And if those programs are willing to work with you, keep them on the schedule. Keep as many of those games as possible because they have been partners in good faith with BYU, an independent program. They didn't have to go out and schedule the Cougars. That's, that's a simple fact of the matter. They did not have to do that. But they did it, and BYU, just as a show of good faith, I would hope that BYU offers them the opportunity to say, okay, we need to understand, you need to understand where we stand as we join the Big 12 and our scheduling, all that stuff, and allow us to work with you, and hopefully you'll work with us, in terms of finding a date or dates down the road where we can play this game if you want to keep it on the schedule. If you want to cancel it, great. I'm sure there will be games BYU will be canceling. We've already seen that. You also heard him talk about the Nevada game. Apparently the Nevada game was on the books, just BYU had not uh, actually addressed it. I, I quibble with that because the report out of Nevada did say I felt like that that game was contracted in November after BYU had announced their Big 12 membership. But regardless, maybe the negotiations had started before that. I just I quibble with dates sometimes. But regardless, very interesting to hear him talk about that. And now the final uh, piece of sound I want to get to on today's show with regards to Tom Homo is a question from Patrick Kinahan, a guy I work with on a day-to-day basis, about the games that BYU has played helping the Pac-12 out with their Notre Dame situation. What I mean by that is, as many of you are aware, BYU is kind of filled in as the pseudo-14th team to help balance the schedule for the Pac-12 when Stanford and USC play uh, Notre Dame annually. They play home and home. So one uh, game a year for Stanford or USC is on their home venue, whether it's in Palo Alto or Los Angeles. The other year, they go to Notre Dame. They go to South Bend. Well, BYU's been helping balance that schedule, particularly on Thanksgiving weekend for those teams. And the question was asked, will this be something BYU can continue to do as a member of the Big 12? And here's what Tom Homo said about that. We don't know that. That's a decision that the conference would have to make, not necessarily Bob Bowlesby. I've communicated with Bob about it, and it's one of the one of the things that will go into the determination of how we do those schedules. Because there are times where we'll slip those teams in, and it's it's been a great benefit as an independent. It's not as essential as being a member of the conference. Let me state here and now, if the Big 12 is open to letting BYU play games on Thanksgiving weekend at Los, in Los Angeles against USC or at Palo Alto against Stanford, hoping Stanford gets better, I'd be okay with that, actually. Maybe not necessarily an annual thing for BYU, but getting those games as a non-conference game to play against some of the premier teams in the Pac-12, I'm all for that. Make it happen. If Bob Bullsby and the rest of the Pac, uh, not the Pac-12, the Big 12 is going to sign off on this, absolutely. You pursue that if you're BYU. I think it would be absolutely a good idea for them because that's a high-level game you can get late in the season. And I know that uh, with the Big 12 race and everything, it throws wrenches into that and your focus if you were potentially getting ready for a Big 12 title game. But still... I'm all for playing high-level games. And if USC and Stanford are game for it, the Big 12 is game for it, I'm game for it. And that's that's kind of where I stand on that. So, like I said, that's just a snippet, it felt like, of all of the stuff that was covered in that 45-plus minutes with Tom Homo. Uh, you can search it out. BYU Cougars is part of the Zone Sports Network uh Twitter feeds. If you want to listen to the entirety of it, we'll get that out for you. I may throw it up as a bonus edition here on the podcast. I'll 
post the entire 45 plus minutes with Tom Homo and you can listen to it at your heart's content. Uh, it was very interesting comments all the way around. And as I said, there is plenty more nuggets info clips that we will be using in coming days and weeks on this podcast from that media summit so stay tuned for that uh coming up here in just a minute we flip over we got to talk some byu basketball talk about the cougars in santa clara last night we also got to get to our weekend schedule ahead we also got to talk about a little bit about jackson dart an interesting note on that according to some reports out of the grove down there at old miss we got plenty still to cover ahead on today's show so stay with us on that in just a moment here today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at built bar my friend and it's still the new year. It's still technically January. Your New Year's resolution is probably still ongoing. I hope you guys have not given up on them quite yet. But nonetheless, if you are trying to get fit, trying to eat better, Built Bar needs to be part of your plan because they are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I believe they will be the best ones that you have ever had and they will help you guys stick to those resolutions. Many of you, in terms of trying to eat better, you get to two or three weeks into that system and you're like, oh my gosh, this is miserable. Where's the chocolate at? The good news is Built Bars covering 100% chocolate, but the best part is their macros. The numbers for these protein bars are incredible. Most built bars contain just 130 calories, four grams of net, uh, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You cannot beat those numbers in terms of the macros, that type of stuff. So give it a shot, my friends. Get to built.com while you're there. Use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. 15% off your order by going to built.com. The best part is you also can support BYU football via name, image, and likeness agreement and have BYU football players by ordering those built bars once again that's built.com promo code locked 15 support byu football and support our friends at built bar Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our great local sponsors in Intercap Lending. We've talked to you guys often about this company, but this company is phenomenal because they are the biggest lender, they're the best lender when it comes to helping any of our listeners with their mortgage needs. There's a reason why Intercap is one of the best in the state of Utah and beyond because simply put, they offer a quick and simple process that gets deals done. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average, and although fast is great, the ultimate goal is creating a stress-free home loan process for you the consumer. I can tell you guys, having bought two properties myself in my life, it is a process that I don't ever look forward to, but I can tell you this much. They want to make it as simple as humanly possible over at Intercap Lending. Uh, Intercap Lending has helped hundreds of Locked On listeners so far. They're relatively new here to the Locked On Cougars podcast, but they are not a new company. They have 44 years of experience. They were founded in 1978. They are here to help you guys, and they have your personal loan officer with Locked On. They have a guy who is dedicated to our listeners. That's Steve Carter. Great guy. I had a chance to sit down and talk with him. Great, great dude. And he will be happy to help you guys out in any way, shape, or form or answer any questions you got. You can get his direct number, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. The best part is if you're not living here in Utah and you still have mortgage needs, Intercap may be headquartered in Utah, but they are licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states nationwide. So give them a shot. Once again, Steve Steve Carter's phone number, 385-800-8528. You also can find out more online by going to intercaplending.com. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. 
All right, before we go on this Friday edition of the show, let's catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Congratulations, first off, to the BYU women's basketball program, number 16 in the country. They kept their spotless record in West Coast Conference play, just that spotless, with a 76-44 route of Santa Clara. This is a team who continues to get it done. They're now 17-1 on the season, 7-0 in West Coast Conference play. Uh, they are just continuing to absolutely murder teams on the defensive end of the court. BYU you forced 23 turnovers, 16 steals, which ties its season high in those turnovers, and they turned all those turnovers into 23 points. So very impressive. Tegan Graham led the Cougars uh, in scoring with 16 points. Uh, really just, she is lights out when she is on and had a very fun game for BYU. The Cougars are back in action tomorrow when they welcome San Francisco to the Marriott Center. Two o'clock tip on that game. It'll be televised live on BYU TV. This is a team, folks, I'll say it once again, if you've not watched the women's Hoops team in action. Take advantage. They are a fun, fun program and one of the best programs. I mean, the best program going for BYU right now. Let's talk about the number eight BYU men's volleyball program. They were in action last night against University of Mount Olive and BYU had a I what I would consider a less than stellar outing. They did win in five sets. They won uh, three sets to two. So that's a win for BYU to move to three and two on the season. Behind a career high and BYU season high 23 kills from Mix Romanis who is a freshman. BYU's very much a young team this year and the good news is BYU got the win that, that's the most important part they'll be back in action tomorrow night against the same Mount Olive squad uh, big opportunity hopefully to have a better outing but Mount Olive came in and really I think was very impressive uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow night that'll be at the Smith Fieldhouse if you want to watch that or you want to get out to the Smith Fieldhouse and watch men's volleyball it's a sport that if you have not seen in person you need to experience in person guys like Davide Gardini who did not play last night due to an ankle injury they can literally fly I feel like these are dudes who stand six foot seven six foot eight with 45 50 inch verticals it's just nuts the sport of men's volleyball is a ton of fun to watch it's just an objective observer I've always enjoyed watching it so if you have a chance to get out and watch the men's volleyball program in action tomorrow night I would encourage you to do so congratulations to former BYU cross country runner Connor Mance who recently turned pro he was named the 2021 NCAA Division I Men's Cross Country National Scholar Athlete of the Year by the USTFCCCA that came out a earlier this week, a Thursday actually. This marks the back-to-back seasons that Mance has been awarded for his combined prowess on the course as well as the classroom. Uh, He's done a lot of great things, winning multiple national titles as a cross-country runner, but also has a 3.75 cumulative GPA as a mechanical engineering major. As I mentioned, he recently turned pro. He's going to be running professionally and really, really cool to see. Congratulations to him on that honor. Very much well-deserved, a two-time national champion. Yeah, there's no reason why this dude shouldn't be collecting all those honors. Now, final thing uh, before we go, actually final two things before we go here. According to some reports out of Ole Miss, uh, Jackson Dart has apparently been accepted and enrolled at Ole Miss as a student. Is that an indication that Ole Miss is where he's going? I don't know, but... We'll see. If, if those reports absolutely are true, that seems to tip the what I've been hearing is that Ole Miss is the favorite to land Jackson Dart, but I can tell you this much. BYU's been confident they've been in the mix the whole time, and we'll see where it ultimately all shakes out, but 
very interesting to see those reports coming out of Mississippi about him actually enrolling as a student, uh, as a rebel down there. But we'll see. I, I would expect an announcement if, the, if that's the case. If he is absolutely enrolled at Ole Miss and he intends to go there, make the announcement. That's my personal opinion on the matter. All right, final thing now. Let's get to the schedule ahead this weekend. Men's and women's track and field there up in Washington for the UW Invitational in Seattle. Best of luck to them. They'll be uh, taking place today and tomorrow. Men's and women's tennis are also in action. The women's team is at Cal this weekend in Berkeley out there in the Bay Area. Uh, they'll be participating in the ITA kickoff weekend while the men's tennis program welcomes Grand Canyon University to Provo in the indoor tennis courts. Uh, that'll be taking place today. So best of luck to both of those squads. Men's and women's swimming and diving are in action against Utah in a dual meet at the Richards Building Pro, uh, Richings, Richards Building Pool in Provo. 5 o'clock Mountain Time tonight. Women's gymnastics is in action tonight as they have their home opener at the Smith Fieldhouse. They'll be welcoming Utah State for a dual meet. That'll be televised live on BYU TV once again at 7 o'clock this evening. Also coming up this weekend, mentioned women's basketball 2 o'clock tomorrow night. As we mentioned, men's basketball against Pacific. ESPNU a little bit earlier game, thank goodness. 7.30 Mountain Time rather than the 9 o'clock tip we got last night. But regardless, a big opportunity for all these teams to have a good showing you would hope. And obviously we'll have a full recap for you guys on Monday on how these teams perform as well. So that'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked On Big 12 and catch up on everything going in BYU's new conference home. Josh Neighbors does an incredible job keeping you up to speed on everything on that front. Download it free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal product, so check it out, guys. It's a great, great addition, I think, to your podcast rotation if it's not already in there. All right, that'll do it. Have a great weekend. Of course, we'll do a probably a postcast edition tomorrow night after BYU. BYU and Pacific play out out there in Stockton. And of course, we'll be back on Monday with another full edition of the podcast, catching up on everything that happened in BYU sports over the weekend. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 28th, 2022. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.